Welcome to Island Baptist Church. Today's sermon is Amos, White Elephant Worship. Good morning, everybody. Uh, we're in the book of Amos, chapter 5. I'm going to ask you to turn over there. We're going to be in verses 21 through 23 this morning. I, I, I don't fall asleep much in church anymore because for obvious reasons, obviously. But, uh, man, I have been tired before. I tell you, when it hits you, it's tough. Sometimes it's tough. Church is tough. It can be. And I would say, especially if our heart's not in it. Um, there was a, a story I heard about two guys out fishing in the bay. They were fishing one Sunday morning, sort of like this beautiful day, and uh, not catching any fish at all. And one of them turned to the other and said, you know, uh, we should have stayed home and gone to church. And he says, you know what? I, even if we had stayed home, I couldn't have gone to church. And he says, well, why not? He says, because, because my wife is sick, he said. <laughs> it wouldn't look right, you know, to not be in, ch- I mean, to be in church without my wife when she's sick. I've got to stay home with her. We're officially, uh, officially entering holiday season gifts, you know, uh, being bought and parties being planned. Anybody um, planning a white elephant party this year? My wife and I do at least one every year. There's, there's, a, there's a bit of confusion, it seems, about what white elephant gifts are. So let me just set the record straight. White elephant gift is something that you do not want. That is why you're giving it. And even better, if what you give that you do not want, that neither does the person who gets it want. That's a true white elephant. And I, I say that to say this, that we are... Um, our passage today here in Amos is looking at a group of people who are going to be giving God something that he does not want. And amazingly, it turns out that it is their so-called worship. So our topic today, our study today, is going to be concerned about what I'm going to call white elephant worship. Worship, yeah, you think it is, but it's not something that God wants. Let's look and hear what God has to say about worship. Wow, of all the things you would think he would, uh, the things he says about it, wow, you think it'd be some other kind of sin. But notice what he says here in verse 21 of chapter 5. It says, I hate, I reject. Can he be more clear than that? I hate, I reject your festivals, these religious festivals. Nor do I delight in your solemn assemblies. It wasn't they were acting up. I mean, solemn assemblies. Even though you offer up to me burnt offerings and your grain offerings, I will not accept them. I will not even look at the peace offerings of your fatlings. Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not even listen to the sound of your harps, he says. Let justice instead roll down like waters and righteousness. In other words, you want to offer me something that's meaningful to me. It's not not your worship in, in, in... in contrary to the way you act and the way your heart really is. You want to pay me with your worship and then go out and live the way you want to. No. Keep your white elephant, right? Keep it for yourself. White elephant worship. Well, first of all, let me just say, wow, I would not want to want to be one of them. Would you? I mean, gosh, how horrible that your worship, what you're it's supposed to be for God, this is the way God sees it. Let's do our best to endeavor not to be that way, okay? Can we disagree to that together? Hopefully we can say that. A wild elephant worship is definitely something God doesn't want, and they should have known better, these Jews, right? But I mean, praise God that we as Christians, because of the blood of Christ, no longer, we can no longer ever have the chance of ever having that kind of worship experience. Isn't that right? 
We're just been inoculated by the blood of Christ from ever having a poor sense of worship. Or is that true? Fortunately, it's not. Unfortunately, the, the, the tendencies and the chances are just as good for us to offer to God something that he doesn't want, albeit on a Sunday in a reverent place like this. So I want us to consider together this whole issue of this white elephant worship. I, 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 uh, I think it's a little bit worse. You say, well, yeah, I have some issues uh, with worship. So let me ask you, let me just get very personal with you, if you don't mind, and even if you do, here we go. Why, why did you come here this morning? It's a real question. I mean, that's the real, that's the real issue. What, what, this is, we're together under the title of worship. So why are you here? And I, you answered, of course, a uh, rhetorical question, but I do want you to answer that in your heart before God. Is it because of habit? Is it because of entertainment? As if we're really entertaining? Like we got, I mean, we've got a Canadian in flip-flops this ball playing a ukulele, okay? We're trying here. We're trying. We're really trying. Well, maybe it's because just the, the, the bill. It was just the bill that we were selling there, Ryan. We appreciate it, man. Why, why did you come? Friends, why are you here? And I'm not saying those are any particular, not, those things are not necessarily bad, but they are if they are all by themselves. They definitely are. Because God is interested in something altogether different when we come together under the title of the heading of worship. Sometimes we come to worship God in the is the furthest thing from our minds. You say, oh yeah, we've got to get to that. Uh, I need to work on that in my life. You know, I've got a little bit of distraction issues when it comes Sunday mornings and any other time. And I would say, it's, no, it's, it's, it's bigger than that. Yeah, I've got to work on that. No, it's, uh, I hate, God says. I reject your stuff that you call worship. Some pretty tough words. God, God may, can truly be absent from our worship when we never really came here with the intent of meeting with him to begin with. Is that, is that why you came? I hope that is. But, but you, you, you hit what you're aiming at, right? If I didn't come with any of that kind of intent, well, you shouldn't expect that to happen. Why, why should God even be here? A little girl uh, getting ready for bed one Sunday night, and she knelt down in prayer on, beside her bed, and she's praying, thanking God for how awesome church was, and she just thanks God for seeing her, her friends, and uh, uh, she got to wear her best dress, and thank you, God, and for the great time we had, and then she kind of paused in her prayer, and she said, you know, God, I wish you could have been there, she said. <laughs> you know, how maybe um, sadly true that could be. How sadly true that can be. When we don't come seeking him, why should he come? Why should he attend? It's not something that he, it's white elephant worship. Why should he want it? He doesn't want it. He's not interested in it. It's not, it's not something that means anything to him at all. When we come, listen, I'm going to tell you the point of the story in case your situation, before we've drawn on here for many more hours, it turns out like Mr. Bean. So I want to give you the point up here for the front, how we're going to finish this whole thing. The way we're finishing it is this way. When we come together, when we come to worship, when we come under the heading of worship, if you're ever going to call it worship, you better come with your heart. That is really the only thing he's interested in. All the other stuff that we do, that's, a, that's just a way for us to express our hearts. Just a way for, 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 for the work of the Holy Spirit to, to get to and for us to respond to that work from our hearts. 
Everything else, listen, is just without the heart, just fluff, just white elephant stuff. And hear me carefully, God doesn't want it. God doesn't want it. So I want to give you four things this morning that worship is not. And we're going to be taking it straight out of our text here, what we've learned, what we've seen and read here from the book of Amos and his, his contradiction. Amos, remember we saw last time, is this, is this country bumpkin from the southern part of, of the land of Israel, from the area called Judah. And they were separated into two countries, Judah and Israel, Judah to the south, Israel to the north. And, and he was from a town called Tekoa, and he was a, a, pig, a fig picker. I can't ever get that right. A, a, a fig picker. <laughs> Say that 20 times fast. And he was a sheep herder. And he lived in a town of Tekoa, which just simply means a campground or a, or a meeting place. And it, it, he, was a, he was just the furthest from what you would think God would send to a sophisticated city like Bethel. The, the, the northern uh, religious city, one of the main northern religious cities of the northern country, goes there to speak to the king and to his head prophets and priests and stuff like that. The most unlikely person. But he's got to sit in there because he can't get a message to him any other way. Think of, I mean, you think God has been trying to speak to him through his Holy Spirit? He's finally got to send this unlikely character named Amos to give him this kind of message because they're just not getting it. They're just not Getting it. And so we're going to look at four different things that worship is not this morning. First of all, worship is not a game that we play. So of course, preacher, we know that. No, maybe you don't. It's not a game we play. It's not, it's not having all the right stuff and making all the right moves. I was showing the kids the, the, um, the order of service. You know, we got all the right players. How do we have worship? We got to make sure we got the right players. Tom, Tom Ray is our, our head usher here. And sometimes he'll hand people bulletins. I've heard him say it. I'm not, he's, he's a great guy. I don't know what he means when he says this because he's just a funny guy all the time. He says, you've got to have one of these or you won't know who the, who the players are, he says. You won't know their numbers and where they're from, you know, and how much they weigh and, of course, what position they play on the line or whatever. I don't know. Tom, Tom is just a, a funny guy. Is, is that what it takes, though? You've got to have the right players. You've got to have a pastor with certain credentials and you've got to have a music minister and a certain, certain lineup of a, of a band with certain skills. And then in addition to that, you've got to have a certain order of service. And you've got to have, of course, you've got to have an offering there because we've got to keep the lights on, right? And then, 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 uh, then a certain prayer time and, and the lights have got to be right and a certain type of windows. And for crying out loud, if we're talking about that, the air's got to be set right. Or we don't have worship, right? You've got to have all these things to have worship, right? Wrong. No. You can have all those things and have worship. You can have none of those things. And you can still have worship. Our bottom line here is not what, what, what we feel like is working. It's what God feels like is working. Worship is not a game that we play. It's not a, having all the elements and all the right pieces in place. And, and then when you do, it's going to work out fine. Notice the elements, if you will, the, the pieces, the, the players that these people had here. Uh, they had uh, festivals. They had uh, solemn assemblies. Not solemn assemblies. They weren't acting up. They were solemn. What more could he want, right? Come on, God. I wasn't poking anybody. I wasn't writing notes. It was solemn. We were serious. Yeah, seriously wrong is what they were. I hate it, he says. Burnt offerings, green offerings, uh, 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 Notice uh, songs, verse 23, they were singing. He calls it noise. Musical instruments, 
They had harps. We got ukuleles. All that stuff, right? But it was just stuff. Because they were playing it like it was a game. Pastor Greg does a great job here at our church, and he does so many things that so many of you are unaware of, and so many things for me as pastor. And one of the things that he does here that's very important every week, and I mean this sincerely, is that he puts together our order of worship. He's the main one that organizes you know, where songs are going to go, and he does it for the sake of flow, for the sake of, so that there's no least amount of distractions as possible. And then I come in with my, I have this, I have like, I, I'm at least half of, of all that because my, my interjection into every week's order of service is so important, it's so, so vital. And he, he, here's, my, here's my interjection into the order of service every week is I go to him and I say, tell me when I'm supposed to preach, just let me know. I'll sit out there in the office. That's my whole contribution to the whole order of service. Now, it, because I really don't know how to order services. To me, uh, I just don't have a feel for that. He's gifted in that area. But he puts it together prayerfully and considering all elements as much as he can and the flow, and like I said, that there not be distractions. But is it a guarantee, even if we have all the right elements, is it a guarantee that we're going to worship? If you add this plus this plus this, it always equals worship. Is that right? No, it is not right. It doesn't matter how prayerfully, and he, he needs to do it in every way prayerfully, how prayerfully Pastor Greg puts these things together. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him take a bath or anything else, can you? You can't. You really can't. It's, it's not a game. And, it, and even if you have the right elephant, elements, it doesn't make it work necessarily. You want to talk about game players? Well, certainly these people were playing a game, and God says, I hate it. I reject it, he says. And then they didn't get any better. Some 400 and something years later, the same group of people descended from them called the Pharisees. Talk about game players. These guys had worship down to the, I mean, the finest details. They did everything right as far as they were concerned. They were religious worship game. They did everything perfectly. They never missed. They were never not on time. They never forgot. They crossed every T. They dotted every I. And yet Jesus reserved some of his worst criticisms against this group of people. Notice what he says about a particular part of their worship. In this case, their giving is, woe to you. If Jesus says, woe to you, is that a good or a bad thing? That's bad. That's real bad. Woe to you. I don't hear any hope in that, do you? I don't hear any but one more verse of the last song we're going to sing, and then if you come forward, I don't hear a second chance here. I just hear it's over. When the king says, woe to you, woe, woe to you. Scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, he says. You tithe mint and dill. By the way, how much mint and dill, ladies or men, do you have on your cupboards? Do you have any of that? It's very little of that. Why? Because it doesn't take a lot of that to get stuff done. So they're tithing the smallest stuff that they could possibly harvest out of their fields, the least amount. They're very careful to measure what's a tenth of, of the dill in your cupboard today, ladies, gentlemen. They're tithing that. They're careful to do that. He says, and you have thus, th nonetheless, neglected the weightier provisions of the law. You got the tiny stuff right, but the bigger stuff, he says, you're just losing it. Justice and mercy and faithfulness. That's hard stuff, isn't it? So we've got all our order together, and we've got all our stuff together, and we've tied down to the smallest things that we've got because that's all important because once you get all this equation together, it always equals worship, and God says, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Because there's been no heart in this. 
The heart is what God cares about above everything else. The rest of it's fluff if, without the heart. These are the things you should have. You should have done this small stuff. He's not saying you shouldn't. He says, but without neglecting the others, you blind guys, you strain out a gnat, he says, and swallow a camel. Wow. Try swallowing a camel. When, when, when we come to worship, quote unquote, without our hearts, you're swallowing a camel is what you're doing. You, you, it's impossible, right? Yeah, that's the way God sees it. How can these people not see how messed up this is? That's what he's saying. Tough words. It really is. So worship is not a game that we play that misses elements and therefore we can't worship. It's got nothing to do with that. Number two, worship isn't, it is not an exchange. It's not something that I exchange for something else. It's, it isn't something that I do so that God will leave me alone for the rest of the week. Notice what he's wanting for them is they're, they're wanting to give all that stuff in verses 21 through 23 and say, God, take this. He's saying, no, what I want from you is a heart issue. Verse 24, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Effectively, they're saying, listen, we worshiped you so that you will leave us alone during the week and we can, do our own, we can be as evil as we want. Let me just say this. If you're here to pay God off, it's a white elephant worship you're offering God. He doesn't want it. Oh, I've been bad all week, and so I came to worship. Okay, good. So do you intend to be good from here on? Or, or are you here to pay him off so you can get away with the same things this coming week? And if you are, I'm telling you, he doesn't want it. He's not interested. He's not. And their offerings here, the offerings that are, that are, that are spoken of here were, were to indicate repentance and turning and changing. Uh, and, and, but for them, it was just a payoff so they could continue to do evil. That's all it was. So, yeah, we've lived horribly, but we brought our goats and our chickens and our ducks to sacrifice to you so that we can wash our hands and go back to doing the same stupid stuff we've been doing. That's all it was. God says, I hate it. Of course he does. I reject it. Certainly he does. If that, again, if that's why we're here, just to pay God off, it's white elephant worship and he doesn't want it. You know, we're entering the holiday season, but the first holiday is Thanksgiving, right? I know Halloween's Wednesday. Not really a holiday because none of us get off, right? <laughs> Thanksgiving's coming. Around Thanksgiving, of course, we start talking about uh, turkey and other stuff. And there was a radio commentator, some of the young ones won't know him, but the older ones certainly will, Paul Harvey. Been dead for I don't know how many, 15 years. Great guy, just such an, such an incredible commentator, such a great storyteller. He tells the story, a true story, of a lady uh, around uh, at that, during that time, the uh, Butterball uh, Turkey Company would open up a hotline during the holiday season, Thanksgiving, Christmas holidays, so that if you were cooking your turkey and you didn't uh, know what to do, you could call them on the phone and say, hey, what do I do? I got a 25-pound bird, I got a 10-pound bird, I got to do this, something this, how do I change this? And so they had a hotline, 24-hour hotline, incredible. So they get a call, one of the calls they get during this year from a lady uh, on the hotline was that she was digging through her freezer and she found a turkey that according to the tag on the turkey, it was in the bottom of her freezer. According to the tag that was on the label of the turkey, that turkey was 23 years old. <laughs> I mean, you lose stuff. Have you never lost anything in your freezer? Stuff gets stacked. And are you talking about, a, you know, are we, in a, are, we in, are we in need in this nation? Not if you can lose a turkey for 23 years. Uh, we're, in, we're in plenty, to be sure. 
So she loses this turkey for 23 years, and she calls up the Butterball Turkey Hotline, and she asks them, is it safe to eat? And they said, uh, yes, ma'am, if, if, as long as your freezer hasn't thawed, as long as it hasn't gone below a certain temperature, above a certain temperature, there's, there's nothing dangerous about it. There's nothing chemically in the turkey that's going to change or do anything like that. So she, they said, yes, you can eat it. She said, nevertheless, though, we don't recommend that you do eat it. She said, oh, really? Why not? They said, well, because after 23 years, it's going to really lose a lot of flavor. I mean, it's not going to taste much like a turkey. And there was a real pause on the other end of the line, according to Paul Harvey. She said there was a real pause, and then the lady responded, oh, well, then I guess I'll give it to my church, she said. <laughs> wow. I mean, right. It's the way we think sometimes, right? Oh, well, I'm going to bless God's people and God with it. And somehow I get a check in a box somewhere that says I'm awesome because I gave them something that I didn't want. Well, that's called a white elephant, guys, and God doesn't want it. Please don't bring your turkeys to us. Worship isn't an exchange. It's not. It's not paying God off. Worship isn't, number three, hear me carefully, worship isn't how you feel about it. Worship isn't how you feel about it. I love the worship this Sunday. I didn't like the worship this Sunday. Who cares how you feel? And we do care. Honestly, I do. Pastor Greg do, does our, our leadership, we, our church. We do care. I mean, we're not up here. If we, wanted, if we didn't care how you felt, then uh, we would do everything to offend you. We're trying not to do that. We're trying not to distract. We're trying to lead the horse to water as best we can in every way. At the same time, the bottom line is it's not how you feel or us or collectively how we feel about how the worship goes. Here's, here's some nebulous questions we ask. How did you like the worship service? That's a very nebulous question. I'm not saying it's not an important question. I'm saying it's not the important question. The important question is, is how did he like the worship service? And the second question we can ask is, how did you like it? But I would suggest to you, the more we're focused on him liking it, that we're going to like it. And the less we're focused on him liking it, the less we're going to like it. I mean, they're, they're tied together. I come focused on him. I'm, gonna, I'm meeting with God today. I, I'm going to give my heart to God today. I'm here, I'm here to connect with God today. I'm telling you, you're going to find you're going to find you're going to like that kind of worship more often than not. I'm not saying you won't get your toes stepped on. God has a way of speaking to us, doesn't he? In a way that seems some, in some ways very direct and very uh, uh, to the point because he knows what's going on in our hearts. But, but questions like, I, I didn't get anything out of the worship service today. Well, here's my question to you, if that's your question or that's your statement. I didn't get anything out of the worship service today. What did you put into it then? What did you, what did you come? I, I, I just came so God would do something to me. Okay, well then a lightning bolt will do that. Well, you know, you can say, I was changed by church, struck down the parking lot. We can do a lot. You know, God can do a lot of things. If you're just looking to be impacted with something, I'm sure he can do lots. So worship isn't how you feel about it. And finally, worship isn't what you do it isn't what you do as much as it is what you are when you do it it isn't what you do i'm not saying that we shouldn't have an order of service i'm not saying we shouldn't have songs prayers scripture 
But none of those elements or even all together equal worship ever if our heart's not in it. If we haven't come with our heart. If, it, if it's not something that, that's, that's from our heart, searching for God. It, it's, it's about who you are more than it is what you do, to be sure. You're familiar with the term knockoff, right? Something that is a knockoff is something that's made to look like, smell like, sound like the real thing, but in fact it is not. And there are times when knockoffs are great. And I'm at Walmart, typically I buy a knockoff as opposed to the name brand because it, Walmart tends to make it just exactly the same. There are other times in which knockoffs are not the best idea. So let me, let me do an end run about maybe some of your intentions. Guys, for instance, if you go to that, that sweet young thing that you love and you say, you know, I was going to get you the most gorgeous, valuable diamond ring there was, but instead I got you a knockoff. Probably not your best play. You're, you're a doctor and a patient is ill in your office and you say to him or her, I was going to give you good medicine for your ailment, but instead I gave you a, a knockoff. Probably not your best play. Probably not. And in a similar way, it can look, listen, and sound and seem like worship. But it can be just a knockoff if your heart's not in it. Just a knockoff. And God doesn't want it. It's a white elephant gift to him. He doesn't want it. It's not just 50-50, I'll take part and throw away the rest. No, he doesn't like it at all. It's not acceptable to him at all. In the middle of a worship service, a little boy was sitting next to his grandmother, and there was a soloist up singing, and um, the little boy turned to his grandmother and said, Grandma, she doesn't sing very well, does she? And the grandma very, um, very wisely said to her grandson, sweetie, she sings from her heart. She sings from her heart. So little boy nodded thoughtfully, didn't say anything else the rest of the service. A couple weeks later, grandma went and picked him up at the, at the elementary school, and she was driving him home, and he was sitting in the back seat, and she was sitting in the front seat, and the stereo was playing, and she was singing along with the stereo. And he, he shouted over the stereo, Grandma, 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 what? So she turned on the stereo, what is it, sweetie? He says, you sing from your heart, too. <laughs> Guys, that's all God is interested in. He is only interested in your heart. Awesome that you sing beautifully. It's awesome because that is, that is incredible. That's a gift of God. It's, it's intended to bless the church. I'm not trying to downplay gifts in any way. But I'm just telling you, sing, pray, give, worship, worship, study, respond to the scriptures, all of it from the heart. That's the only thing that means anything to him. And when, and when we come to church with the attitude of pleasing him, we're going to find ourselves much more pleased. Won't so much matter what the songs were. Won't so much matter how entertaining or not the preacher is. What will matter is, is that what we've done, come to do, which is what churches intend to do, is bring us in contact, complete contact with the Lord. We've gone home with that. That's when we're having church. That's when we're having worship. Please bow your heads with me and close your eyes as we consider what God has said to us this morning. God says, I hate, I, I despise your gathering together, your so-called worship.
God forbid that that would be true of us. Unfortunately, we are not inoculated against false white elephant worship. We are not. Lord God, I pray that you would search our hearts today as you have already. I pray, God, that if we came today and this is hitting us in the face because we've come with false intentions, we've come with great distractions, we've come and basically wasted your time with stuff that you don't want. I pray, God, that today that our heart would change, that our direction would change, that our direction not only for we wouldn't just set a goal for what we're going to be different, what's going to be different next Sunday, we'd set a goal what's going to be different tomorrow. Worship's not just something that we do on a Sunday, it's the way we live, and that's one of the things you were taking these people aside on. Give us a sacrifice of, of uh, kindness, of, of, uh, of gentleness, of love, God. This is the way we demonstrate that our heart's completely in it. Lord, I pray that you would have our hearts, and we would give our hearts freely to you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for visiting. Find us at www.islandbaptist.org.